What's up, everyone? This is Angelo coming at you with episode 224 of Spinning Thoughts. My guest this week, you might not believe it, but you will hear soon because you're going to see it. But my guest this week is Kevin from Knuckle Puck. Now, I might look really excited right now, and that's because I love Knuckle Puck. And I'm really excited to talk to Kevin. We dive into a brand new EP that's just about to drop. Depending on when you're listening to it, it could be out. It depends because February the 4th is coming very quickly. And on that day, Knuckle Puck will be releasing their new EP, Disposable Life. It has five tracks. One of them is a Blink-182 cover. Uh, and you're going to want to hear it. I'm going to want to hear it. I, I actually haven't heard it yet. I have the advance here for the EP and I haven't listened. Sometimes, you know, even though I have the keys to the car, it doesn't mean I want to drive it. Sometimes I just like to look. Sometimes, you know, when it comes to new music, I like to listen to it on day one, just like everybody else. I'm not that special here at Spinning Thoughts, but we will talk, Kevin and I will talk all about disposable life. And then there's even more because Knuckle Puck really seems to be ramping up things early in 2022 so that they have a massive, massive year. They are going on what I would say is one of the best winter, spring 2022 tours, headlining tours for Knuckle Puck. It's one of the best going on. They have special guests, hot mulligan. So, I mean, there's that. And then they also have Meet Me at the Altar. And to round it off, because as if that wasn't enough, Anxious is going to be playing. Now, if you don't know about Anxious, you need to get that into your life. I think they're from Connecticut. I mean, I think that I see the CT at the end of their social media handles. They just released on January the 21st an amazing, an amazing album, uh, Little Greenhouse. I'm going off of memory. I hope it's right. It's really a good album. I've listened to it from start to finish once or twice. Can't wait to dive into it. Really cool looking vinyl as well. It looks like it's almost sold out. Anyways, Kevin and I from Knuckle Puck will talk about that U.S. headlining tour. It kicks off on February the 10th and it goes like all the way until March the 18th where they finish it off at home in Chicago. And as if that wasn't enough, it's not. Knuckle Puck and Hot Mulligan then are going to head to the UK and Europe in May to tour around there because why not? And they are going to play at Slam Dunk for like the third or fourth or fifth time. And apparently there's all kinds of awesome memories and experiences that Kevin has had at Slam Dunk. We talk about all of this tips for younger bands or bands touring right now or getting into touring for the first time. We talk about a bunch. So if you like this kind of content, make sure you give it a like and that you're subscribed on YouTube, wherever you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Go and subscribe. It really does help what we do here. Make sure you follow us on all social media at Spin Thoughts. And then our website is thespinningthoughts.com. We have over 10 contributors who are writing album reviews. We're doing audio reviews. We're getting back to doing uh, concert photography. So lots going on. It's all free, thespinningthoughts.com. And of course, we have premiere episodes every Thursday at midnight Eastern on Adobe Radio. And let me give a shout out, a couple shout outs to Adobe Radio. First of all, Sharon Nicole, 
who is one of the just most brilliant creative people at Adobe, just recently won this like marketing award and was going up against really big names. It absolutely won. So shout out Sharon, amazing, well-deserved. And another shout out to Adobe, just, I, I mean, just for having me on your network, your family. It's, it's honestly, it's an honor and I love it. But, but look at this, look at the swag. Look, look at this. If you're looking on YouTube or wherever you're watching the video, you could see that Adobe radio hooked it up with some gear. I have this nice zip up hoodie that you'll be seeing in a ton of videos coming up. I think they gave it to the, uh, to the hosts, to the personalities, if you want to call me that. Uh, for the holidays. So shout out to Adobe Radio. And without any further ado, let's dive into my conversation with Kevin from Knucklepuck. All right, everybody. I am so excited to have my guest here today, Kevin from Knucklepuck. And this band is one of my favorites. If you look in the background, you might see a couple hints to my appreciation to the band. And I was even being a little cryptic on social media leading up to this interview teasing uh, because this is one of these exciting moments I have on the podcast to get to talk to a band that I really do appreciate and love. So everybody in the internet world, say hello to Kevin from Knuckle Puck. Thanks for having me, Angela. Happy to be here. I want to kind of just dive right into things because there's a lot to talk about. The band is ramping up things in 2022, which is really great to see. Uh, recently, the band just announced a new EP that's dropping on February the 4th. It's titled Disposable Life, and it will be released via Wax Bodega, which is this entity, this label, this this um, outlet that's releasing some really sick music right now. And so it's cool to see Knuckle Puck uh, creating a relationship there. We'll dive into some more specific questions, but broadly, Kevin, how are you feeling heading into the release of this new EP? Uh, we're all feeling like very optimistic. It's nice to, first of all, it's nice to like put on EP again. Like if it feels like for us, the last few years have only been like full length, full length, full length, and not really much room to do like a four or five song EP. So um, we're all like super excited, very optimistic about how this year is shaping out with touring coming back and all that and so it's a very exciting time for us right now yep and i i can see the energy on social media and everything for the band to be really ramping things up and i'm looking forward to talking about some of these tours a little bit later here in this episode uh kevin to my knowledge this is the first release for knuckle puck on wax bodega is that correct correct yeah and uh, talk to me about joining wax bodega for this release what it's been like working with them that that dynamic um when was this relationship started anything anything like that uh well it, i guess it was started like sometime like last summer um our contract was fulfilled with rise and so we we're just like thinking okay like what should we do now should we just do like a total independent self-release like should we see if a label can help in some way and i guess that's like where wax came in and and it's it's cool because it feels like we're basically self-releasing it but like with their aid and help and so that's been very nice to feel um yeah i mean like honestly i i say this with love like sometimes i just forget that we're putting the cp out on wax bodega because it just feels very independent and freeing so i'm very appreciative of them for uh helping us 
do that because that's kind of what we wanted in the first place we were kind of like let's try to do maybe like a reset on the band like let's put on an ep we haven't done an ep in forever like let's kind of make it feel like how it was like 10 years ago when we were first starting out you know so i kind of i have a question about that because the press release i received as well kind of alluded to this feeling like uh, almost going back to the roots kind of thing for the band a little bit and, and some of that vibe. Uh, I'm going to jump ahead to a question that I had because I feel it's going gonna, it's gonna to fit in here. There's five tracks on Disposable Life and four of them are originals. One of them is a cover of Blink-182's Here's Your Letter. The the band, when, when Knuckle Puck first started, I want to say in 2010, uh, you guys did covers. And, and it's really cool to see a cover hit this EP. I, I'm kind of wondering, is that part of like what you and this press release is kind of saying that it feels like the band's almost um circling back to certain things is that why a cover is on this release and and why did you end up choosing here's your letter from blink 182 um i well that is maybe my favorite blink song of all time uh with arguably you know uh, yeah, but yeah. i uh we were playing like a drive through show sometime in 2020 with hot mulligan in Chicago and we were kind of toying with the idea of like covering it live. I just, I love covers. Like I, I love when a band records a cover and it's super tasteful or like when they play a cover live, I just think that's like the coolest move. Um, and so I don't know. We were just thinking like, we never do stuff like that. Like we never just do a cover live, like in the whole, in the set list or uh, even like record covers all that often. So we were talking about like maybe playing it at the striker show and that didn't happen. But then we just kept talking. We're like, we should just like record it. Like that would just be something fun to do. Uh, again, like when, like the past few years, we've just done primarily full lengths and we're like, well, we're not going to like put a cover on a full length, you know? <laughs> um, but so, yeah, we were just like, kind of like toying it, like the idea and just thinking about it. And um, then when it was shaping out that we were going to do an EP next, I was like, well, this is like a good opportunity to put a cover on here, you know? Uh, and especially like a band that's like super important to all of us and especially to me. And um, yeah. And like when we first started, like, like you said, we would, we only had like, I don't know, maybe like four, five songs that we wrote. And then the rest were just like covers. Like we would cover like, tell that Nick by like fall boy you know or like my friends over you something like that um so it was again nice like a decade later to still kind of like incorporate that uh that feeling just like showing people this is a band we really like this is a song we really like um and uh I don't know it, it was just really cool to do that I'm very proud of how it turned out and I'm really excited to hear it. I, I haven't gotten, uh, I maybe I have an advance of this EP somewhere, but I haven't listened to that track yet. And I am really excited oh, okay. to, to hear it and, and see how it kind of turns out and everything. Uh, Kevin, talk to me a little bit more about the timeline of Disposable Life. I, I get that it is very difficult, especially in the world we're living in right now, to keep track of time. At least it is for me. So, you know, I don't need direct dates, but kind of give me some semblance as to when these songs were being written uh, maybe like were they an extension of 2020 to any extent um or are these completely brand new songs that are being put together for this ep release and when did you head into the studio anything like that 
Um, it was like entirely separate from 2020 because we had recorded 2020 in like December of 2019, actually. So we were done writing and recording those songs for like a while. And then it, you know, it came out like late 2020, the year. And so I think we started writing disposable life stuff probably late 2020. Um, and then for the most part, it was like throughout 2021, uh, we just had like so much time in our, on our hands and we were getting like a little bit more comfortable with like seeing each other and like meeting up at like the practice space, like once a week, like everyone had a mask on and stuff. It was like pre vaccine rollout. So, um, it was, I think we just kind of like took advantage of all the time we had there was just like nothing else to do you know so we just kind of figured like well there's no distraction like we might as well write songs there's really no deadline like we could write some songs and have fun with them and there's no pressure and it's not like we have to rush to finish these because we're leaving for tour soon you know like there was none of that and so um it was kind of nice to just you know uh realize the benefits of it you know there's a lot of pain and suffering but to realize in our corner that we could you know use this to our advantage the the time that we had on our hands now um and we recorded it in august of 2021 i think uh yeah and that's like basically the timeline that it took to begin writing it and then to to when we recorded it how does Knuckle Puck approach writing new music? And I get that that's a, maybe a hard thing to quantify, but maybe specifically mm -hmm. when it comes to this EP. And, it, you know, you kind of reference the dynamic of um, being abandoned in this climate with COVID and, and how that can be pretty challenging. I mean, what, what, what was it like in this setting? Was it a lot of memo notes going back and forward through the band? Was it actually coming together in a space? I know you mentioned a little bit about that, but was this writing process any different from any other release or anything like that? Not necessarily. Uh, I mean, we, like, usually, like, a, a KP song will start with, like, someone has, like, a, a riff or, like, an idea or, like, a single part, and then you bring it to practice, and then we just kind of flesh it out or like uh, like Joe or Nick will like have a riff or like something a little bit fuller, like like a verse and a chorus or something. And they'll just like demo it at home and show it to us and be like, this is what I have so far. Like, let's try to work on it. Um, so it's it's still even like throughout COVID, it still stayed like very collaborative and um it was still nice just being able to see each other in person. Um, for the most part, our guitarist, Nick, he actually lives in LA. So throughout most of the pandemic, we didn't see him a whole lot with like flying and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but um, it, uh, it, it, it was still very much the same now that I'm thinking back on it. So I, I'm very grateful that not much of it changed throughout COVID. It's a tried and true process, I guess, for the band. Yeah. It? So why fix yeah. something that is not broken? Um, now, diving a little bit deeper into the recording, uh, Seth Henderson, I believe, had uh, his hands on this. Um, any memorable moments that happened while in the studio, whether a song maybe pushed 
the band a little bit further or maybe you walked into the studio thinking a song was going to be one way and it turned out different anything memorable along those lines um in terms of the songs like sonically i don't think so i think the only thing that changed was like they just got better <laughs> which uh <laughs> all you know bias aside uh uh, but that's always just like the goal when we record, you know, is like, let's, I'm already in love with the song. I'm already in love with like the demo version of it. Now let's go record it. And hopefully it just like elevates higher. And that's, in my opinion, what happened with all of them, including the cover as well. Um, uh, the The main memorable thing was we, so we've been recording with Seth, like, since like our first real EP that came out in like 2011. So uh, we've been with him for like ever. And he's just like a very dear friend of all of, of ours. And uh, he, we had always recorded in his old studio and this was the, he was building a new studio. I remember we were doing 2020 with him and that was still in the old studio. And he was talking about like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna build like a new studio. And, um, so by the time we had wanted to do disposable life, he was already set up in his new spot. And so it was a really kind of cool experience going in with this like familiar friend, Seth, uh, but being in like a completely new space that he had like built to his spe specifications. So, um, that was really cool. And it was kind of like, again going back to like the reset notion like it was just like a nice breath of fresh air you know like to every extent and so i think that fit in quite well with what we were trying to do anyways yeah that's pretty intriguing to see how some of those pieces did come together to create this aesthetic this vibe um that the band was going for and i'm really excited mm -hmm. to hear what it sounds like from start to finish when it drops on february the 4th now, I absolutely, absolutely loved uh, your latest release, the 2020 LP, and it it made my number one album in 2020, along with a couple other. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, we have about 15 contributors here, and I, it was me and at least I know Dan Boyer, our Canadian contributor, maybe one or two others. It made our like number one album. I listen to it all the time. Talk to me about what might be similar about Disposable Life comparative to 2020 and is there anything that might sound or feel a little bit different for longtime fans um i think uh the i guess the only thing that would be different is we like the the first single i would put out levitate that's like a deliberate fast song and i and i've noticed like with each LP, we were kind of getting away from writing fast songs because when we first started, that's like all the band was by like our design. We we're like, every song needs to be like fast, you know? Um, and as time went on, we just kind of started to move away from that, which, which was like very organic and natural and that felt good. But for this EP, we we're like, let's like do like a, a, like a classic old KP fast song, you know? Um, I think. I think that might be like the only like main difference that like comes to mind. Like for the most part, I'm I'm still very like happy to say like this is still very much like a KP release. I think it fits in very well on like 
the universe of like 2020 and shapeshifter and copacetic and all that and like nothing's terribly different but that's something i'm sort of proud of you know it's kind of it's kind of like gratifying knowing we can just like keep writing and recording new music and i think it still stacks up and stands up next to like every other release as well uh in my humble opinion so i'm quite proud of that hell yeah i mean i there one of the things I love about your band is just how dynamic your songs really sound, whether it's the way that you all approach the writing, the the layering of the vocals and the guitars. To me, it always sounds like there's so much dynamic to it that it, it keeps you, it, be, it begs you to come back for more. And so, again, kind of talking earlier, it's it's almost like a tried and true process, it seems, for the band, and and uh, but it still is fresh every single time. So uh, I absolutely love it. Uh, there's been two pre-released singles from the EP, Gasoline, Levitate, which you talked a little bit about the latter. Mm -hmm. um, I'm always curious how bands go about releasing singles to tease an EP or an LP. I mean, I, I get that maybe it's not as, you know, um, psychological as maybe I might think it could be, you know. Um, but I'm just curious, how how did you approach the release of these two singles over maybe releasing the cover first to create some sort of conversation there? Or is there a is there an approach that the band has to making these kinds of decisions to lead up to a release? Somewhat. I mean, it's mostly like what we're feeling, I guess. It, it, it's like we were like, let's do Levitate because that to all of us is like a peak KP song as all of them are but like we we're like let's do that one that one's like fun uh it's fast it'll be cool and then gasoline again we we're just like that one's like loud it's it's like a good kp song strong single there's like not like terribly too much thought behind it um there was a there's another song disposable life that we were thinking of putting in place of gasoline to put out first uh when we announced the ep and I think maybe John was like, no, that's like kind of like a last song vibe. Like, let's hold on to that. So like psychologically speaking, there's some of that, but like with us, there's not, it's, there's not much of it. There's just like, it's just kind of like what we're feeling, I guess, at the time. Um, I watched this video, I think it was on Mark's Twitch or something. He was talking about like how Blink would pick singles and he was trying to guess like which single came out first uh, for I think take off your pants and jacket. And he was like, we would like pick a song that got to the chorus really quick. If it had like a really strong chorus, like we would try to pick a song where it didn't take too long to get there. And it was interesting hearing that. Cause I, I don't think we've ever considered that when picking out a single, but that was a totally different time and place and context, you know? Absolutely. Um, so, uh, so I, it was, I had just watched that like somewhat recently. And so it was interesting seeing that and hearing that I'm like, Oh, we've never <laughs> considered it like that. So, you know, everyone's uh, different, I guess. Absolutely. And uh, it's a question I tend to ask often because it, the answer really is different every time I get it. And for some reason, I just think, you know, Sometimes bands have fun with it. Sometimes it's it, it is just what like what you're saying is just what feels right at that time. And hell, I mean that creates an organic, authentic kind of rollout 
too, which, you know, it's all the better. So uh, to kind of round out my questions here surrounding the new EP that's dropping on February the 4th, Disposable Life, is there a song out of the five, Kevin, that you're most proud of, the final product when you hear it back? Uh, yeah, there's, I, I mean, I, I love all of them, but, uh, the, the song I just referenced, it's called Lonely Island. And I like, to me again, it, it's like when I, when I listen back to it, I'm like, wow, I can't believe this is like a no fuck song. Like, I'm so happy I'm in this band and this is a song I get to play. It's, uh, it's just really, really good. Um, and I, I'm particularly very excited for everyone to hear that one and uh we're anticipating playing it live on tour next month and so i'm just uh really excited for people to hear it and to play it live you know absolutely great transition by the way because that's where i want to head now with this conversation is some upcoming tours that knuckle puck is heading out on so the band is going to be going out on in my opinion, one of the best U.S. tours this coming winter and spring with special guest Hot Mulligan, Meet Me at the Altar, and Anxious. The first date is February 10 in Cincinnati, final date being a hometown show in Chicago. I've got a couple things i got to say before I get to my questions. So, <laughs> couple oh, Yeah, things. sure. Take your time. Number one, I, w- I just want to give a shout-out to Meet Me at the Altar for getting on the When We Were Young Fest lineup. I know there's been a lot of conversation around this fest, but it's a well-deserved placement for that band. Also, Absolutely. I have to mention, uh, Anxious just dropped a banger of an album mm-hmm. just days ago friday the 20 or january the 21st it's titled little greenhouse it came out via run for cover records and seriously people are talking about this i'm really excited um to continue listening to this album i implore people to check this out especially if you're gonna go and check out knuckle puck this is a hell of a lineup and and i think anxious being on this is gonna really just help them continue with their trajectory so anyways to get to the question now kevin uh, just talk to me a little bit about the excitement um heading back out getting out on the road going out on this kind of tour with these kinds of bands i mean how you feeling heading into it uh again very excited because this this was a a, a tour that was supposed to happen like fall of 2020 assuming there was no pandemic you know we were planning it in like 2019 and then we were like recording the record. We're like, cool, we'll do like the big headliner tour album push in fall of 2020. And then that just got, you know, shelled for a while. Um, and so for us, it's just been like a highly anticipated tour. And I'm, I'm super excited that it's finally happening. And we have the bands on it that are on it, like three very incredible bands. Like they're probably the th- three bands that we like in our like like scene umbrella that we're the most excited about and um it's for for me it's it's i think one of my most favorite headlining tour lineups that we've ever had i just think it's so cool and and um i i'm just like really proud of how it came out and i'm i'm so excited for it to finally start like it's I was just with um, um, our merch guy Mello last night, and we were like, "Oh my god, we we're like leaving for like a five week tour, yeah, of like two weeks, and we haven't done this in two years." So that is like another aspect of it, another like head trip, like 
we're like, wow, we like legitimately haven't done this in two years. You know, um, it's been since March of 2020, since we did like a real tour. Um, so that in its own sense is, is like, um, something we're all looking forward to doing again, like the thing we've done for years, you know? How does Knucklepuck, or maybe you specifically, uh, however you can best answer, how do you guys all prepare for a tour like this? And I mean in relation to practicing or coming up with a set list, mentally preparing for it, packing your shit. I mean, just overall, like, what is the process? Like, Are you in that process yet? Um, or what does it look like? I think, like, we've already started, like, tossing around, like, like, uh, like a set list. You know, that's something we like to do like ahead of time before we get to practice. So we don't waste a whole day going like, <laughs> all right, what song should we play? What order should they be in? You know, we try to like do that ahead of time. So that saves us some time. And it's good to just think about it when there's no pressure to think about it, you know, and you can just take your time with it. Um, and then usually like Nick will fly in from L.A. like maybe like a week before we have to leave. And we'll just like practice all week and get the set down and, and um, try to practice as much as we can. Um, and then packing, I, I, I used to be like kind of crazy with it. I used to start packing like legit, like a week in advance, like with like a, like a crazy person um, just because I, it just takes me forever to do. And I just, I don't want to spend like the last night, at home being super busy and stressed out. But um, I have since relaxed on that and I'll just pack like maybe the day before just just to, I don't know, just to act like a normal person for once. Um, yeah, and mentally that's a whole other, that's a whole other can of worms, I think. I, I, I especially for this one, because like I, like I was just saying, like, it's just so weird that it's finally happening and we're doing like a real, full us tour you know and so i'm trying not to like overthink it and think about it too much you know i'm kind of trying to just like jump in with both feet and just probably trust that i'll be fine we'll all be fine <laughs> you know it'll there'll be a learning curve i'm sure like that first like week week and a half where you know it's gonna it's gonna feel a little weird getting back to it but also i don't know like some of the shows that we've played since then like since that like torrents come back a little bit live shows have come back a little bit i've often gone into it feeling like oh this is going to feel so strange i'm not going to know what to do but it's it always just feels like it's like riding a bike like you kind of just like don't forget it's hard to like entirely forget there's like little things you may forget to do or, or something like that but like the the like like all of it just feels super familiar still so I'm trusting that it'll feel like that. I, I bet it. I bet it will. And um, I am also curious here because, as you were saying, this tour has been in the works and should have happened ideally back in fall of 2020. So that would have been in support of the release of 2020. Now you're gearing up for the right. release of Disposable Life. Uh, right. to, to whatever extent you're able to maybe expand on this, how are you balancing playing songs from 2020 Disposable Life? Um, is this is this really transitioning to uh, to more of a like a double like 
you know, uh, tour to support both these albums? Or is it really just you're moving on to Disposable Life and that's the focus of this run? I think the main focus would be Disposable Life. Be, uh, but it, it, we have, like sometimes we talk about it. It's like weird that like 2020 came out, but there was no like um, formal like push around it because of, of COVID. Like we couldn't go out and tour on it or do anything like that. Like we're still very much playing 2020 songs, but um, it's strange to think about now. It's like that, that record came out in the year 2020. It's now 2022. So it's, it's, it's kind of strange, but um, it's, you know, it's what it is and that's, that's okay too. Um, But uh, we're still very much playing like, 2020 songs as well as like um i think almost all disposable life as as well as like a lot of like other stuff from other records as well so it's it's so like yeah it's like a disposable life tour because that's the next thing that's coming out super recently like right before the tour uh but i'm also trying to look at it as like it's like um for me my own personal celebration that knuckle puck is touring again so I think for anyone coming out to these shows um, can just expect like a classic knuckle puck show and a, a knuckle puck set list. Is there a song off of 2020 that either for this tour or if the tour would have happened closer to the release of 2020 that you just absolutely were looking forward to jamming out live on stage? Uh, yeah, the, the song true North, which like was not a single or anything. It's like pretty deep in the record. I think it's like the second to last song uh i i just like i love playing that song and i i feel like it's has such like a good live energy and um i we plan on playing it next month and so i'm really excited about that and i just i just love how that song came together like it it, like how i was saying earlier it, it wasn't like someone came to practice with like a riff or or like even like a chorus idea with a melody we were just sitting in the practice space, literally writing it from scratch, which is not unnormal, you know, for, for a lot of bands that I, I, I know that's like a very normal process, but I just, I'm really fond of that process. And when we do it and we do it well, it's, it's just, I'm really proud with how the song comes out, you know? Um, So I'm really looking forward to playing that song next month. What kind of tips would you have for bands that are trying to navigate touring maybe for the first time or during this crazy time with COVID? Uh, the band, you know, is a grinding band. Knuckle Puck is, you know, mm-hmm. when things were easier and normal, I guess. And, and But it's still, I think, part of the entire culture of your band. So do you have any tips for anybody in that realm to just uh, be able to make this jump, especially in the world we're living in right now? Yeah, um, I guess I would say... Hmm. It's a great question. Hmm. I don't know. I don't like, I, I don't know if I can speak on like the COVID part. I feel like it would, it would have to be so difficult to work. It's like difficult for us to work around it right now, yeah. you know? Yeah. So if you're just starting out trying to get into touring, I can't even imagine how, how, how tricky that might be. So I, I commend you if you're trying to do that. It's definitely doable though. Um, I guess try to like save as much money as you can, like, like it uh, that uh, that to that to us like when we first started like we were 
very frugal with our money and and um I think kind of strategic strategic about it and I think that really helped us in the long run because we were able to make money and save money like along the way by by uh being like frugal with our spending and and that honestly helps a lot so try to be mindful of that and also like just try to like it sounds so cliche but like just like have fun like when we were just get when we were just like starting out like i i didn't have like any expectations i don't think any of us did i was just so happy to to be there doing it you know like i i was I had like nothing to lose and it, I was just so happy for literally any opportunity that was thrown our way. Um, I, I, I think I was listening to like, I was listening to a podcast with like an actor and like he was talking about getting into acting. Someone asked him like a similar question, like, do you have any advice for like young actors, actresses? And he was like, like, you have to ask yourself the question, like, would you do it if you weren't getting paid? Like, would you do it if you were doing it for free? Would you still be doing it? And that's how I kind of feel about music and touring. And, and like, yeah, it's like I would still be doing it in some capacity, even if there was no money to be made, you know. Um, so I think that's, uh, I guess, like an important question to ask, like in the very first place before you put all this time and energy into this thing like would you still be doing it like could you not keep yourself from doing it um so yeah i don't know if that's a practical advice for getting into touring but i think that's got to be there in the first place the love for it you know i i think that that's a beautiful way to to kind of approach it and and certainly it has to be something that you're dedicated to passionate about because um i know that at least me personally i've done this is episode 224 and so I've done a lot of these and, and I talked to a lot of bands about touring and it is I've learned throughout 224 episodes that, uh, that touring is a grind and it's not as glamorous as I once thought it was before I mm -hmm. really had conversations with people who told me about it. And so um, yeah. now more than ever, people need to go out, be safe, go out to shows, support your bands, get tickets, tell your friends about it so that we can continue to be in our space and and have some good times. And um that leads me to um, one of my final questions here for you, Kevin, and this is just um, kind of an extension to some of the questions I had about the U.S. tour because now Knuckle Puck and Hot Mulligan will also be heading to the U.K. and Europe starting in May with an appearance at Slam Dunk as well, so that's really exciting. Um, number one, have you guys ever done Slam Dunk before? That's question number one, and what is it just like? to tour internationally if there is a difference between that and the u.s i'm sure there is um yes we have played slam dunk a few times before and, and it's like still one of our most favorite festivals to ever play like every time we play it's it's just like the most fun time the lineup is always really good and and some of my fondest memories on stage and, and live are are from slam dunk honestly um and uh so we are like just over the moon to be playing it again and to just generally be touring internationally again like to be going back to europe and and the uk it's just like such a luxury that we're, we're super grateful for especially now um i'm sorry what was the follow-up question again what was uh, that what's the what's the difference if there is a difference between touring in the u.s and internationally and of course i mean there's 
I think things that just you have to fly over there and I'm sure packing and bringing the equipment is a lot different. But when you're actually over in the UK and Europe, is it different? Is it, do you approach things differently over there? What is that experience like internationally? I guess like not really like it's it's still like very much the same just I guess you know uh for me the main thing is is you this is like a technical question like when you plug in stuff you have to remember that it's a different like voltage and like oh, so I never like, even thought about that we'll we'll rent these um these like power converters and they're these big heavy blocks and you plug in to that and then you plug in the power converter into their outlet and that so it's like that's probably the most uninteresting answer ever no, but it's i the find thing it I very interesting most. to be honest with you because i i'm a techie kind of person too and i'm so i mean i never even would have thought about that and is it different yeah. for even like the uk and europe like there's probably a couple adapters that you have to have uh for the uk and europe it's the same um i believe i think we just we just use the same power converters across the board when we're over there. Um, uh, besides that, uh, I, I guess like it's uh, like the UK is a little bit different because like mostly everyone speaks English anyways, but like, it's kind of cool being in like Europe and like Belgium or like, Ger like Germany or, or what have you. And like, um, I don't know. It's just, it's just like kind of uh, it's just fun playing your music in front of people who like have an entirely different culture than you and who've their life experiences is, is entirely different from yours and it's just taking a step back and and like recognizing that like a lot of it's just the same like a lot of it is you know you wake up at the hotel you drive you load in you play the show you leave you go to the hotel you do it all again uh, so a lot of the process is the same, but sometimes when you just like take a step back and you're like, this is like crazy that like I'm, I'm here right now. And I have the, the great fortune of, of coming back, you know, um, that is the only part that I think is the most different. And it's, it's a difference that we're all like super grateful to experience. You mentioned, um, you know, a lot of it is the same. You're at the hotel, you get in, you drive to where you're going. The drives are typically a lot shorter i guess within reason because mm -hmm. of the proximity of of where things are over there that uh, too that's a big difference forgot to mention that <laughs> well and so that leads me to this kind of question to, to, i would assume then you may have a little bit more free time because you're not necessarily cooped up in a van or rig driving for long distances like you would in the u.s do you get to do like fun things um, because there's more, if there is more time, it, do, are there things that you look forward to doing that's outside of the music when you get the chance to travel internationally? Yeah. Like we, we always love like trying to get to the city early um, to like, even just like walk around a little bit, even if we don't have anything in particular, we want to go do or see. Um, we all just really like exploring cities and like where we're at and like, like the drives are shorter. So if we do have an off day, it's like, because the drive is only like maybe four or five hours long. And so that's like, we've been able to like have an off day and there's not much driving to do anyway. So we get to do something else. That's really cool. Um, uh, yeah. Like that, that to me is also just like one of my most favorite parts about touring internationally is just like having this time to, 
really get to explore where we're at. Cause so many times, like, like I'll have like family ask me like, Oh, when you're in this city, did you do this? Did you do that? I'm like, well, no, I only have like a few hours like to, to do stuff. You know, I don't really have all that much time. Uh, but when we're over there, it's nice to have a little bit more time to, to soak up like where we are and to notice all the differences and, like one of my favorite things is just like looking at like the architecture and just noticing how that's different. And it's just the coolest thing ever, you know, I, uh, I'm excited for knuckle puck, the band, uh, everybody involved, uh, hot mulligan. Uh, and of course everybody who's going to be on the U S run to just kind of get out there, get back on stage. And of course, for all the fans who are getting super excited to catch these runs, uh, coming up in, uh, February and March for the U S tour and then may for UK and Europe. Uh, Kevin, as we're winding down here in episode 224, is there anything else you'd like to add or say? Maybe anything that I messed up that needs to be corrected on the air? No, um, I think you pretty much got it, man. Wow, look at that. All right. Yeah. So so I nailed it with one of my favorite bands, Knuckle Puck. So we'll write that down as a win here in 2022. Uh, everybody, make sure you go and check out the upcoming EP from the band Disposable Life. It drops February the 4th via Wax Bodega. Get out to check them on tour in the States or in U Europe and the UK. Kevin, thank you so much for dedicating this amount of time to talk to me here at Spinning Thoughts. Sure thing. Thanks, Angel. Thanks for having me. Once again, I want to thank Kevin from Knuckle Puck for being here for episode 224 of Spinning Thoughts. What an honor to talk to Kevin. I love Knuckle Puck. I can't wait to just see what they do with this year if it's... I mean, if they just follow through with what they're talking about here with me today, and I'm sure there's more, Knuckle Puck is going to be on absolute fire here in 2022. Go give them some love. And while you're at it, make sure you give this video a like and that you're subscribed on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeart, doing those little things that are just very easy, very quick, the click of a button. It really helps what we do here, and it gives me that boost of serotonin to just keep on going. We're also on all social media at Spin Thoughts. Our website is thespinningthoughts.com, and we have premiere episodes every Thursday at midnight Eastern on Adobe Radio. We'll be back same time, same place next week. Until then, make sure you share music, spread love. Fire!